welcome to episode 55 of the Downsize with Style podcast to help you create a happy home and refine your apartment lifestyle. My name is Bettina Deda and I'm passionate about helping empty nesters and apartment dwellers achieve a stylish and functional home in a smaller space. So we all know the entire process can be very stressful, downsizing, decluttering, moving, so many things to think about. Um, And it is very important to look after your health and well-being as well when starting your downsizing journey. Therefore, today I have invited an expert in this field. Susan is a nutritionist and wellness coach and she is very passionate about food and growing vegetables and herbs and helping people age well with the right diet. And she's on a mission to clear the confusion that exists about what we should eat and what we should not eat in order to stay healthy. So if you feel it is time to draw a line and make a difference to how you feel, this podcast is for you. Welcome, Susan. How are you today? Hello, Bettina. It's great to be here today. So thank you so much for the opportunity to speak with your audience. It's my pleasure. Um, I read on your website you are on a mission to guide people through the jungle of information overload, what to eat and what not to eat. And there's a lot out there. That's, that's true. Every day we get inundated from the media. So how do you approach this task? Okay. Well, look, Bettina, I am on a mission because <laughs> the reality is there's an incredible amount of information, as you say, and sensationalism out there. Let's face it. You know, it's headlines that sell books and sell newspapers. And unfortunately what happens is in those headlines, the real story gets lost a lot of the time. So people get very, very confused about what they're supposed to be eating, whether they should be going high fat, low fat, you know, is sugar really a poison? You know, all of those sorts of conversations are really confusing for people. And so my mission is really just to help people get some clarity around that. Mm. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of um, stuff out there. And if you're not sure what to do, then, yeah, you might eat always the wrong stuff. Um, so what is your background? How did you come to helping to be on that mission? Let's put it that way. Where, where do you come from and why are you so, I, uh, sorry, why are you so passionate about food? Okay, so look, that's a great question. And uh, look, to be straight up front with you, Bettina, I came to this profession as a second career. Part of getting involved in the wellness industry was because I was on a downward decline with my own health. I used Mm. to work in the corporate sector, uh, working actually, funnily enough, as an interior designer, but in corporate design and was under incredible amounts of stress, running my own practice with very, very tight deadlines the meat and the sandwich between the builders and the construction workers, the consultants uh, and the client. And uh, I was, you know, managing a very young baby and a husband who was away from home most of the time and Mm. essentially single parenting. So I decided to make a career change and food has always been a passion for me. From uh, a very young age, I grew up on the Darling Downs, which if uh, you're listening to this podcast, you don't know the area, it's an agricultural region of Australia where there's a lot of primary producers. And so I grew up with real food on the table all the time. We'd, Mm. uh, 
We had uh, relatives that had their own farms. I spent holidays milking cows and gathering eggs from the chook pen and uh, playing in the grain shed. So for me, food was very much a part of my life. And uh, I had a, a mother who worked full time. So by the time I got to high school, I was actually cooking dinner mm. every day during the week to help out. And so for me, cooking and food has always been a part of my life. And it's like, if you want to eat, you cook. Unfortunately, today, a lot of people don't even know how to cook. Mm, mm. You know, they go to the supermarket, they buy pre-prepared meals mm. or they take away. And unfortunately, a lot of the pleasure that comes from food has been lost because they're not involved in the process. Mm. So part of what I do, apart from educating, helping people work out what is the right diet for them, because let's face it, we're all individuals and there is no one size fits all, mm, mm. Um, is I also help them with really simple, easy recipes to get them excited about cooking again and excited about the fact that real food can taste absolutely delicious and mm. be tasty and flavoursome. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I have to <laughs> to admit I'm not a big cook either. But I um, I just do it because I want my boys to eat something proper in the evening. You know, when they they at school they don't get um, they just have their lunch boxes and I mean they have some schools have canteens, but the food there is not always the best, I guess. And um, yeah, so I'm um, I I kind of came to that um, yeah to that um, how do you say that a few years ago I was at a wellness hotel. Or over the weekend, and um, I um, had a, there was a, a naturopath appointment included. And at first, I thought, oh no, I'm not going there. I don't know. And <laughs> but then I went, and actually, it was really interesting. The guy asked me half an hour. Uh, it was one hour, I think. He asked me all sorts of questions and made all sorts of notes and stuff. And then he and I had he asked he had asked me what if I have any issues, and I said, well, I'm I'm always very tired, you know, around midday. And uh, but I thought it's because we just had moved to Australia and it was all stressful and living in a new country and so on. And then he, this guy then basically told me because of what I was eating, it was no wonder that I was tired. Yes. So I, I, it, it was like a revel, like a yeah revelation. He said, yeah, well, you were eating the wrong things at the wrong time of the day. <laughs> and I said, Absolutely. oh, really? And then I, he said, it was, it was just a matter of shifting things around. And he told me that's what you should eat at breakfast, and that was really at lunch, you know. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I went home and I had this. Yeah, it was it was such a change. I, I threw not everything out, but a lot of stuff out of my pantry, and then I went and bought other things, and then I changed my diet around in that week after I came home, which was I think a Sunday or Monday. And after two or three days, I felt not tired anymore. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. And this was for me. Since then, I'm basically okay. It's so important what you eat in the morning, you know, and at lunch, and that you have lunch and don't leave it out and all that. And so, uh, yeah, and so this is why I'm kind of now cooking and trying to make the best I can, you know, for the kids that they eat healthy. And um, I guess it's really helpful because that my, my children are hardly ever sick. So it's it's a really good, um, it's really important to look what you eat. I mean, that's, um, I guess, one of the most important things. 
And you're completely right, Bettina. And and it was an interesting comment that you made about the energy. You were blaming it on other things. And I yeah. often see, particularly as people get older, you know, they start to get achy joints, you know, mm. their energy levels go down and so forth. And they just think, oh, well, that's just part of aging. Mm. But the reality is, is a lot of those symptoms can be either completely avoided or minimized yeah. by the choices that you make Watch in your food yeah. because they have a huge impact on how your body is actually working. Yeah. And you're quite right. Um, the other thing that you mentioned about, you know, what you're eating at breakfast and what you're eating at lunch, sometimes people can actually be eating, you know, what would be regarded as very healthy food, but they're not eating it at the right times yeah. of the day. Or, you know, they're actually not digesting and absorbing their food Mm. well. And that's a real um, hiccup that a lot of people have. They go, oh, but I eat really, really well. But they're not eating in the right manner to allow their body to digest and absorb that Mm. food and make the most of the nutrients that are in their food to keep them well. And and these are the sorts of things that I teach my clients. That's really interesting. So when you say the right manner, does that mean if you eat too quickly or you don't really sit down and take some time for eating or, you you know, like we eat and at the same time we read emails and stuff like that? Exactly, exactly. It's about connecting with your food. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, digestion actually starts in the brain, Mm. you know, with our senses looking at our food, touching it, smelling it, tasting Mm. it, all of these things help our body to get prepared for actually having the food go into our body and then breaking it down and Mm. allowing those nutrients to be absorbed. And, you know, so many people, I mean, have you ever noticed yourself or other people that you know complaining of things like indigestion or Mm. wind and those sorts of problems? And then when you ask them, were you stressed at the time? Or were you eating on the run? And they go, oh, yes, actually I do. I tend to eat, as you say, eat in front of the computer Mm. or I eat Mm. on the run. Mm. And then they end up with heartburn and indigestion because their body isn't actually prepared for that food and it can't break it down properly. Mm. And Mm. that actually causes the symptoms. Mm. That's interesting, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I mean even more so for people... Uh, who are in the process of downsizing, that's the stressful times, I think, for most people, um, what I have heard anyway. And um, it's often difficult and they have to make a lot of decisions and they procrastinate because they, they don't declutter and all that stuff. So um, how, what, what, what could they do to stay on top of things if, if you yes. are in that situation? That's, um, okay, look, that's, that, those are really good points. And it's true, you know, downsizing particularly if you're, you've come to that decision to leave the family home that you've been in for 40 years and your house is, you know, filled with memorabilia, it's a very hard decision to make, you know, firstly to uproot yourself from your environment but also that fact that you're going to have to get rid of some of those things mm. and that can cause a huge amount of stress on people. So where we have to start from the mat is sleep. If you're not getting good quality sleep, you're not going to manage the process well at all. Mm. So I always say to people, the first thing we need to do is get your sleep hygiene working well. And let's face it, again, it's one of those challenges as we get older. For women, if you're going through menopause and having hot flushes, you know, that can disturb your sleep. Um, People tend to snore more as they get older, (laughs) whether it's yourself or your partner, which can disturb sleep. 
But also if you've got a million things going around in your mind, um, when you go to sleep, it's going to be harder to switch off. So mm. there's a number of different techniques that you can do to help actually improve your ability to fall asleep and to stay asleep. So there's a, a number of lifestyle things. There's yoga poses. There's um, practices with some meditation and so forth. There's doing mind dumps. But mm. also what you eat at night time can actually improve the quality of your sleep mm. as well. Yeah, definitely. That is in interesting. Sorry if I under. I find it so hard. I I'm so used to eating earlier with the children. Now we usually eat at six thirty. Yes, and that's it then. And if every time we go out for dinner or we we are somewhere else, and I only eat it, I start eating at eight or even later. I can't sleep. Yes, yes. I'm so used to the eating these earlier times, and I don't know. I'm, yeah. I, I, I don't know, that's maybe how, because I'm so used to it now, but it's, um, I couldn't live in Spain, for example, where people go out <laughs> for dinner at 10, 11 at night. No. And you no. don't get anything in restaurants at 8 o'clock. <laughs> we experienced it several times on holidays. I couldn't believe it. It's, it's, it's I, that, that lifestyle, I mean, I love Spain, but I couldn't live there. I think that no. would not work for me. It's a different. It's a different way of living. Yeah. And there's a number of things. If you have some insulin resistance, um, you know, you may find that you have problems where you're waking up at three or four in the morning. Um, you know, if you've got blood sugar dysregulation, you know, where your blood sugar levels are dropping, that can actually then cause an adrenaline um, surge and a cortisol surge that can kick you awake mm -hmm. um, in those wee small hours. You know, sometimes it's about actually reintroducing some carbohydrates into your meals, um, but slow-release ones, because what they can do is they can actually help to increase the amount of um, melatonin, which is a sleep hormone in your brain. And there's a few different processes that have to happen for that mm. to occur. But, you know, by tweaking and adjusting those meals, for you, again, it's an individual thing, different things for different people. Mm. Um, that can certainly improve your sleep hygiene. Alcohol is another one um, mm. that can really trip people up. You know, it's very easy, particularly when we're stressed, to go, oh, God, you know, I'm just looking for that glass of wine or that beer at the end of the day. And certainly a glass of wine can be helpful in relaxing and, you know, a small amount of alcohol can be quite healthful. Mm. But if you are drinking more than that, although it may cause you to fall asleep more easily, the quality of your sleep is yeah. affected. And uh, that can actually have a real impact on people and their body's ability to detoxify mm. because that's what we do when we sleep. And if you sort of imagine, for instance, you know, the uh, cleaners don't come in at night time like they do in offices to empty your bin and so forth so and clean up your office so that you've got a nice clean office to work efficiently in the next day. Your body, in a way, is a bit the same. If you don't get that quality sleep, mm. you're not able to detoxify your body properly to get ready for the next day okay. so your energy levels are lower straight up front mm. and then you're starting to drag yourself through the day. Yeah. Mm. I sometimes feel like that. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I should have a consultation with you <laughs> to better improve our diet. Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah. I, look, I think the other thing that people can often do as well is they start to resort to stimulants a lot. And, I'm, and I don't mean artificial drugs here, you know, um, non-legal drugs. What I mean is things like sugar and caffeine and so forth mm. to give them that little energy kick. And, again, it's like anything, moderation is fine, mm. but if you start to find you're dependent on it and you're looking for more and more to keep you going, mm. what actually happens is it tends to work in reverse. It might give you a tiny little peak, but you'll drop very yeah. quickly. Um, and it, you know, does literally become an addiction that's going to actually decrease your energy levels overall. Yeah. I so, think, yeah, it sounds like a lot of this, our um, stress and everything results from a lot of bad habits we have. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. It's, I mean... The, I was just talking this week. I had a, a talk at the Probus Club in Castle Hill and about, um, of course, one of the first things we are talking about is always decluttering. And so it's this, I said to the people, you have to make it a regular habit to declutter, you know, to make it constant thing you do throughout the year so it doesn't pile up so much. Um, but yeah, and then we talked about how can you change habits, you know, because habits, it's really hard to change and <laughs> we have a lot of bad habits. But uh, I then said this, um, you know, this saying, um, thoughts become words, words become actions and actions become habits. So to start basically with your mindset, if you want to start a habit. Yes. And this is all this, this whole discussion comes then here again with the eating we have these bad habits that we don't eat the right things and so on and then we don't feel good so is it just a matter of changing our habits to stay healthy in that sense then or well look that that's certainly part of it and you know there are obviously there are bad habits you know as we were saying you know when you're having too much sugar or coffee mm. or alcohol or too much fast food and eating on the run those sorts of things yeah and they can be very difficult to break um, and I think one of the things that we need to do is not beat ourselves up when we are trying to change our habits mm. um, and that, you know, it is a bit of a process where it's kind of two steps forward and one step back. Uh, I think particularly with food, a lot of people have guilt around food and uh, I think we all have to kind of accept that we're human and to give mm. ourselves a break yeah. and that, you know, to change your habits takes training. Yeah. You know, it takes not only your mental training but it also takes training of your desires. Uh, for instance, if you, uh, whether it's sugar or salt, if you're a savoury person or a sweet person, it's one of those things that the more you have in your diet, the more you tend to need to get the same satiety from the food. So similarly, to unwind that, sometimes I find it's better to quit it completely mm -hmm. for a period of time, mm. to allow your taste buds to adjust yeah. and to settle back to a, you know, back to a level that's appropriate. For instance, if you've been using a lot of salt yeah. on your meals and things, it really only takes about two to three weeks of avoiding adding salt to your meals yeah. where You know, at first, yes, your food will taste bland, but over time, your own taste buds will start to reacquire uh, a development to taste the subtlety in foods and yeah. you will actually start to appreciate the natural flavors of foods much better. Mm. Once you start to do that, that then helps you to appreciate 
you know, those more natural foods and to enjoy them more. And that's yeah. part of the key is we need to have enjoyment in the process. Mm. That's you know? a, yeah, that, that's a fantastic example. We, we, we went through that um, because my, one of my sons had to um, reduce salt completely for a while. Um, his complete, um, what's it called? He, in his body, the, the, all the elements were completely out of balance. Right, because yes. he was eating too much salt. Mm -hmm. And anyway, so we had to, the, our homeopath said, okay, we have to just get that back in balance and so on. And we reduced, we had to really literally not eat salt anymore. And I said, look, because we can't just have, we eat it and then Max doesn't eat it. So we just stopped eating salt. Yes. And this, as you just said, exactly that happened. It led now, we did, we had to do it for several months and things like that. But now we are so used to not eating salt that we stopped eating salt overall. Yes. <laughs> and I can't, every time we go to somewhere, to a restaurant, or we, if we buy chips somewhere, we, I have to say no salt, please, because we can't eat it anymore. Mm. I can't mm. eat it. And even the boys say, God, is that salty? <laughs> like, so it's funny. Now we are all, we, the whole family is on low salt sort of and. We, we, yeah, and I, I just, and as you said, it's exactly what happened. You, you eat the vegetables, if I make whatever, vegetables, broccoli or something, you know, and then we, I don't put anything on it. We just eat it as it is. Yes, <laughs> like this. yes. And everyone is used, and if we have sometimes visitors, they say, I just, is, we need more salt on that. And we, okay, here, here's the salt, you know. It's, uh, it's, but it's true. It's really interesting. And, um. Because we were forced to do it for a while for, for him. And so I thought, okay, we just all stop eating it. And it's easier with the cooking anyway. And so, I, yeah, that's, that's great. So we, now we are kind of on a... I always look when I buy stuff if they're not too much salt and try to keep it low anyway. I, I think you also have to uh, accept and uh, understand what type of personality type you are too when you're changing habits is, you know, for some people... Uh, the all or nothing concept when they're changing habits is their best way, you know, mm. because they find it very difficult to stop at just one, for instance. Yeah. So if you are that type of person, then, you know, that's certainly the way to go until you're strong enough to then go, okay, well, I can have this occasionally. Mm. But for other people, that's just far too daunting. Too daunting. And the prospect of giving, giving it all up completely is too hard. And so for those people, you know, it's then about a process of creating a plan mm. to gradually re reduce um, and to start, you know, minimizing those bad habits, but to set mini goals. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I've actually had clients, for instance, that have come to me, you know, and I have to say they are the exception because most people who come to see me have a fair amount of understanding with health. But, mm. you know, I remember one chap who came to see me, he was a bit of a Macca's fan and he would literally be having them every single day. Oh, yeah. uh, so uh, for him, you know, to say, you know, to put him on a whole food real diet was just going to be impossible. Yeah. So, you know, what we did was we went, okay, so let's just reduce it down. You can only have Macca's on a Wednesday and on the weekend and then you know we slowly really reduced it down and even when he was on a very healthful diet and he'd lost 20 kilos he would still have maccas maybe once a month 
Mm. But for him, that was an enormous difference from someone who had been doing it every day. Yeah, yeah. You know, sure. and I think that's the thing is it's it's about understanding what are your personal goals, you know, with health mm. as well. You know, I'm here to help guide, but it's also about acknowledging that we all have choices in life. And, you know, even though uh, something like fast food may not be the most healthy thing, if that if it gives that person some pleasure and they do it on a, on a rare occasion, yeah. the damage it's going to do versus the pleasure that they're getting from it might be okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I put some caveats around that depending upon where their health is at because mm. for some people it may not be appropriate at all. But, you know, it's all about helping people to develop healthier habits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, that that has partly answered already the other question I had, what the reasons are people come to see you. So it's all sorts of things. What you just mentioned, that one example, someone is eating a lot of fast food, other people might have health issues or whatever. So this is a wide range of um, clients you are working with. Yes, yeah. it is. And uh, look, the reality is, is that you know, a lot of people, you know, when they see you're a nutritionist, they automatically think weight, whether that's underweight or overweight. I work with both. Uh, but what often is an interesting journey, because of the way I work, I work very holistically. I'm a naturopathic nutritionist. Mm. So I like to look at a person's health overall, including what other risks they may have, um, particularly as they go, uh, as they age, you know, in relationship to familial risks, you know, whether there's a high risk of heart disease or cancer yeah, in their family yeah. and those sorts of things. So that when we're designing the eating plan for that person, you know, we're not only taking into account the fact that they might want to lose weight, for instance, but we can also address other health issues. Like I said, aching joints or it could be headaches. They might have hormone imbalances, um, you know, their stress levels, Uh, as I said, they may have family risk factors that we need to consider, high, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, um, you yeah. know, digestive disorders, um, autoimmune conditions particularly um, are a very big area. Mm. Um, and, you know, female hormone, I do a lot of work with female hormones, you know, both with conception and fertility and if they have uh, hormonal health issues like PCOS or end endometriosis. Um, but also at the other end, at menopause um, and then moving into healthy ageing, you know, and concerns about osteoporosis, mm. uh, thyroid health issues and those sorts of things. And uh, the, the thing that's always interesting for people is that when they start to understand that, you know, their headaches and their aching joints and their digestive disorders may all actually be linked together um, and have the same root cause that's mm. causing all those problems. And once we start addressing one issue, the other um, health problems start to get better as well. Mm. You know, yeah. and, and it is interesting when people start to get well, I always keep a symptom list and then I check in with them, say, you know, six weeks later and I go, so, you know, how are those headaches going that you are having every day? And I go, oh, gee, actually, you know what? Okay. I don't can't remember the last time I had a headache and they completely yeah. forget that mm. that was even an issue for them mm. um, and, and they may have initially just contacted me because they wanted to lose a few mm. kilos mm. Mm. so yeah. all, all learn how to eat healthier that's certainly yeah. 
one that I get. People who are educated, um, interested in their health, but they want to optimize their health mm. and, uh, you know, move forward in a healthful way. Yeah. Um, on your website, you mentioned the 80-20 rule. And I like um, that rule as well, because um, I mention it always in, um, in my talks about 80% planning and only 20% doing, you know, when people, instead of running out and buying all sorts of stuff without knowing if it's going to work in their new home. So this sort of, um, I have a, a big emphasis on planning ahead, space planning and working out what furniture is actually going to fit, to fit. their needs. <laughs> yeah, not to fit only in the space, but also their, their needs, how they want to live or how they want to use a room and so on. Um, so this in, in, so in your area, it's basically, is it the same? We, we have to plan 80 or like what you just said, that holistic approach, it's kind of 80% spent on working out what's actually happening and then 20% in the doing of in the changing of the habits or is that yes look, uh, it, look it is certainly is that but I I suppose I'm really sort of talking more food okay uh, in this respect but yes look certainly planning does come into it I find if people plan um, to a certain extent what they're going to be eating it always makes it so much easier for them to stay on track, you know, mm. particularly as far as having healthy snacks and things. But also, you know, as we were talking before, that we, you know, to eat real food, you really do need to be cooking and preparing. But that doesn't mean you have to be cooking every day. Mm. And if you're clever and you plan out your uh, week, then you can actually do quite a lot of prep or, you know, for instance, you might be cooking a meal, you can roast a few extra vegetables and things that you've then got in the fridge the next day that you can very easily throw into a salad or, you yeah. know, you might actually um, make up some extra legumes or something that you can then um, have available to uh, turn into some, you know, uh, chickpea and veggie patties or you might throw some lentils into a salad to add some vegetable protein um, or, you know, just simply, you know, cooking up a roast chicken and then having extra chicken there to put into a salad uh, or into the lunchbox for the kids. Mm. So uh, that way then you can very quickly start to put meals together without having to cook from scratch all the time. Mm, mm. But from an 80-20 perspective, what I was really sort of um, implying there is that, and again I put some caveats around this because that's the principle when you are in a healthy state. You know, mm. if you are really unwell, then sometimes we have to be very vigilant about what food we're putting in our body um, until we get our bodies balanced and well again. Mm. But once you're at a state where you're pretty healthy, then you can afford to actually go on the principle of, you know, 80% of your food is very nutrient-dense and very healthful. But you know what? We live in the world And social engagement and community and joy is fundamental to good health. Mm. And, you know, if you become so obsessive about your diet to the point where you're excluding yourself from social situations, you know, you, you refuse to have, um, you know, a, a meal that's been prepared to, for you with love because it's got something in it that you're not eating, mm. uh, You know, I think we're sort of losing sight of that bigger picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, that holistic sense of health. So, you know, those, so I call it 80% nourishing your body, 20% nourishing the soul. Oh, okay. So, you know, those are those foods that give you pleasure. 
Yeah, um, like chocolate. Know. Yes, and look, you know, even things like you know, we, you know, there's all these, you know, at the moment we've got all these books, sweet poison, I quit sugar, and all the rest of it. Mm. You know what? Sure, processed sugar is not good for you, but if a teaspoon of sugar put into a you know saucepan of a tomato-based sauce is going to enhance the flavour of that yeah. tomato sauce and mean that people are going to be more likely to eat it, then I say, you know, in that context there's nothing wrong with, with adding the, that teaspoon of sugar. Yeah, exactly. Where we have the problems is when people are buying pre-prepared foods yeah. and takeaway foods and there's all the hidden oh. bad fats, yeah. bad sugars, high salt, you know, mm. like breakfast cereals. The amount of salt and sugar yeah. in those is extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's where people um, are really sort of um, impacting on their health and they don't even realize yeah. it. This was, it's good that you just say that. This was one of the things, you know, when I had that naturopath appointment yeah. there a few years ago, um, I never really looked at that. And this guy said, have a look at all, like, for example, breakfast cereals, have a yeah. look at the back how much sugar and salt is and and I didn't you know and then I didn't even know you know all that salt it's like sodium and potassium you know mm. it's not salt it says all that other stuff and if you're not really aware of that you think oh there's no salt but it's full of salt that's right and that's I, right and since and I, I never forget this guy there in this, <laughs> this hotel and since on since that day I basically I started in the supermarket it took me almost twice as long shopping but I, I turned every package and looked at all that stuff that's in and I said oh my god I'm not buying that you know it's and now I found but you have to it, it's hard but if you find things with less sugar and less salt but you have to really look out for them you know it's this sort of it's not not the not the ones that are in the main sections often you know, that's in the right supermarket so it's but yeah I I that that's a really good thing I think you should people should just really check what's in in these packages or Either and he said to me, just avoid buying any packaged food. You know, I mean that is that's this is all or nothing thing. And I said, oh my god, okay. But um, now that I even look with the just these simple things like the breakfast cereal, people think, oh, it's so healthy if I give my children or if I eat that myself. But it de depends, I think, a lot on what breakfast cereal you eat. You know. Yes, and and look, and you know, in a, in an ideal world, we'd make everything from scratch. Yeah, but you're well. quite right. You know, that's not always going to happen. Yeah. Um, there's actually a really good app um, called Food Switch, oh. which is free. That has been designed by uh, Bupa, I believe, uh, which you can actually use. Download it onto your phone, take it to the supermarket, and you scan the um, ingredients list. Oh. And what it will do is it will actually give you a healthier option of that food. So that's oh. a really handy um, little app, um, as I said, that's free that you can actually download onto your phone. So that's a really useful thing. I think the other comment that you made is really important. People don't realize, unfortunately, in the ingredients list, they don't say salt. <laughs> they say sodium or NA, which is the chemical uh, symbol for for salt mm. so you know we need to be really watching how yeah, much yeah. is in our foods um, but unfortunately the other problem with processed packaged foods is the fats mm. and that's something that's not really taken into account uh, which we really need to be aware of a lot of people are scared of fats fat is actually really good for us and is healthy but we need to be having the right, right. types of fats mm. in our diets 
and unfortunately processed foods uh, tend to have fats that are not healthful. So um, I just wanted to make a point actually about salt, particularly with people uh, who are getting older, is um, high blood pressure and salt um, is an important consideration. There is a genetic uh, tendency for certain people uh, to have real problems with salt and high blood pressure, not all people. But even for those that are not affected with high blood pressure, salt can be a real issue for bone density. Mm-hmm. So having too much salt in your diet can actually weaken your bones. Mm. So that's another uh, consideration. And unfortunately, as we get older, our taste buds tend to be not so good at tasting. So a lot of people tend to use more and more salt as they get older. Yeah, so yeah. that's why cutting the salt out for a while, retuning your taste buds is a really important thing to do. Mm. Um so that you can cut that salt back down to a minimal amount. Mm. Yeah, that's good. So um, what else did I wanted to talk to? I just had something in my mind, but I forgot it again. <laughs> anyway, maybe we come up we with that again. We could talk for hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what, what would be your top three tips for empty nesters or retirees to age healthier and, and well? Okay. Like, well, look. I would have to say the number one is focus on the waistline, not on the scales, okay? (laughs) So buy yourself a tape measure and keep an eye on your waistline. And if it's increasing, you need to reduce it because the reality is is that although, you know, a certain amount of weight does tend to go on as we get older, we don't want to be putting it on around the waist because this is not neutral fat It's actually infiltrating our organs. And like everything, you know, things have to work a bit harder as they get older. Um, And the last thing we want to be doing is adding extra load on those organs because when we put weight on around the waist, it's going into our organs as well, into our liver. So it can't detoxify as well. It can't manage our cholesterol as well. It's not going to balance our hormones as well. You know, it's going to infiltrate our heart. And our heart is such a vital organ for keeping us going. Mm. Um, So that's the first thing. You know, if you find that your waistline is spreading, you need to reduce it, okay? That's number one. Um, Number two is become a vegetable Aryan. Now, this is an expression I heard someone else use recently and I think it's a great one. doesn't mean that you're a vegetarian, but what it means is that you build your meals around vegetables i and love that okay <laughs> so you have your veg, you know you start your meals with vegetables ideally non-starchy but you know some starchy vegetables as well is fine in moderation and some protein and some good fats but what you want to be eating most is vegetables 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 and every study shows time and time again you know for maximum antioxidants to protect you from cancer, from, you know, plaques that block up your arteries and all those things, your vegetables are your go-to sources, okay? So they're also going to be your friend for slimming your waistline Mm. because if you fill up on lots of non-starchy vegetables, they're going to keep you satisfied because the fibre will keep you fuller for longer as long as you've got that protein as well to trigger satiety and good fats, um, and you will slim down, 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's the second tip that I would give you. And then the third one is watch your alcohol intake. Um, because, again, you know, mm. when we're empty nesters, you know, you often uh, find yourself able to have a little bit more leisure time. You know, you become a bit more social. It's very easy to be sitting around, you know, having social drinks um, and dips and crackers. Um, they all tend to go together. When we're mm. drinking alcohol, we don't think about what we're eating mm-hmm. so much. We get a little bit more uh, lackadaisical. As I said, it affects your sleep. And when your sleep is not functioning well, then everything else starts to go south. Um, but also it depletes your body of nutrients, particularly those energy nutrients, your B vitamins um, are robbed. Uh, so it's not just that uh, your body burns alcohol preferentially to food and so therefore it will actually help you put on more weight but it's actually depleting your body of your nutrient stores mm. as well. So, you know, a little, bit of, uh, a little bit of wine to relax and to enjoy your social situations, that isn't an issue. Yeah. It's when you're, when you're drinking more than that, you know, one glass for a woman, two glasses for a man. So those yeah. would probably be my three top tips. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, maybe I... Yeah, we haven't spoken about that, but where can people find you in online if they wanted to look something up, what you have spoken about? Yeah, today? sure. So uh, my business is called About Nutrition. So you can either Google aboutnutrition.com.au. Make sure you put the AU on it because otherwise you could end up in America. I also noticed that there's an About Nutrition in South Africa as well. Uh, but uh, you can also find me on Facebook. So if, again, what you need to do is you need to put in a capital A-B-O-U-T-N-U-T-R-I-T-I-O-N, all one word, or just Google Susan Kath. Uh, So my last name is spelled K-A-T-H, and you should be able to find me through one of those three ways. I'm also on Twitter um, as Susan underscore Kath. And also on Instagram, um, again, if you look at About Nutrition, Susan Kath, you'll find me on all of those social media sites. Thank you. That's great. Um, maybe I thought it's a good time now to introduce our Downsize with Style Masterclass, which is coming up because Susan will be one of the speakers there as well. So if you are interested um, in getting the bigger picture about what to consider when downsizing. Um, We have a a one-day workshop coming up. It's called the Downsize with Style Masterclass on the 31st of October. And this is a one-day workshop, one-day event with six speakers who will all share their insight and knowledge and expertise. And um, ideally, when downsizing, and this is today was just one example, people would engage um, several service providers like a decluttering specialist, a financial planner, real estate agent, a designer, and maybe also a lifestyle coach or nutritionist to help them through the process. And so we've brought all these people under one roof and um, together on one day to um, give all interested parties maximum um, exposure and have um, give them the chance to answer all their questions and discuss um, topics with like-minded people. 
Um, so are you looking forward to that event, Susan? Absolutely. I think it's going to be a fantastic day, Bettina. I think from memory, I'm actually the, the last speaker of the day, so I think I've got the hardest one. I've got to keep everyone revved up, make sure they're not having that mid-afternoon yeah. energy slump. <laughs> but if they are, I'll talk them yeah, through yeah. how you can fix those things up. But, yes, I'm, yeah. I look, I'm looking forward to it very much. I'm uh, hearing all the other speakers talk. You know, it's going to be very much a one-stop shop day where, yeah. you know, people are going to walk away with so many different uh, ideas and tips um, exactly. in, you know, all sorts of uh, parts of their world, you know, from, you know, ideas on how to transition to retirement well, you know, yeah. with Joanna talking about uh, all those sorts of life coaching yeah. opportunities, yourself with the downsizing. I'm looking for that as well. I have to say I tend to be a bit of a magpie, not very good at not cluttering. I always <laughs> think, oh, I could use that. Yeah, so yeah. I'll be looking forward to your tips, Patina, and, uh, you know, the real estate and what's happening with that these days because, mm. you know, that's constantly changing and all the other speakers that are yeah, going to be yeah, there. So yeah, yeah. it should be a great day, yeah. lots of fun. That hopefully it will be. And, um, and a great location too. Yeah, yeah, Park exactly. Golf. It's in Moore Park Golf. I'm um, talking about that at the end of the podcast where people can book tickets and everything. So, yeah, so to wrap up our little discussion, um, thank you so much for being on the show. It was fantastic to talk to you and I learned a lot of things. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> maybe I should actually book a consultation with you. <laughs> I just have a lot of it. questions. <laughs> Well, yeah. we always have, um, you know, room to improve our health further. Yeah, so, exactly. But look, I'd just like to finally say, just to finish off, is one of the most important things to be healthy is to have fun. You yeah. know, get out there and make sure you've got time to enjoy yourself. Don't get yeah. so caught up in packing all those boxes and downsizing that you forget to have some fun along the way. That's a good wrap-up. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much, Um for being today here today. My pleasure, Bettina. We'll speak again soon. Yeah. So Bye. now um, that brings me to the end of the podcast this week. And I would just like to thank you um, to all the listeners um, who um, appreciate what I do and to, who tune into the episodes on a regular basis. Um, I hope you find it valuable and um, you, you find it helpful what, what I share with all the, the people I'm interviewing here. And it gives me um, the possibility to contribute be beyond myself in a meaningful way. And I look forward to more episodes in the future. So if you found that podcast valuable, please um, leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. That would um, be very much appreciated and it helps to promote the show. Now, before we um, close, a couple of other um, things that are coming up. Um, we just mentioned the Downside with Style Masterclass, so that is on the 31st of October and tickets are available via Try Booking. Um, so if you are interested, go to Try Booking, which is T-R-Y-B-O-O-K-I-N-G dot com slash 154340. That is the, um, the URL for this event. Um, Tickets are $179 per person and we will also set up an early bird um, special before the end of this month and there will be also a, um, a special offer for couples who want to come together. So go to Try Booking and have a look um, to book your ticket there. 
The other thing that's coming up is a free workshop in cooperation with the City of Sydney Libraries. Um, it's called Apartment Living, How to Achieve a Stylish and Functional Home in a More Compact Space on Saturday the 19th of September in the Green Square Library in Sedland in Sydney. So it's a free entry, but bookings are recommended because places are limited in the library there. And you can visit my website downsizewithstyle.com to book your seat. You will find a tab called um, Workshops. So, yeah, that leads me to the end of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you a great week and hope to speak to you next week. Bye. Bye.